Hi everyone, it's Roger here from the What's On at Disney Plus podcast. This is episode number 233. In this episode, me and James are going to be talking about The Mandalorian, the, the, the return of the third season. We're going to be talking about whether or not we think Disney has been promoting it enough uh, and why it doesn't feel quite the same as what we've seen in the past. We'll also be talking about other aspects of The Mandalorian. We'll be talking about our first uh, thoughts on the brand new Marvel Voices series. Plus, we'll be talking about a number of trailers that have been released this week. There's a whole host of different ones that we're going to um, jump into. But before we do any of that, quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com, like, favorite, bookmark, etc. You can also find us on social medias. And you can also um, be sure to hit that subscribe button here on YouTube, or if you're listening on the audio platforms to keep up with the latest episodes each and every week. Okay, so let's jump into a couple of quick bits of news. First off, so yesterday on Friday, Disney was supposed to be releasing the Finding Michael documentary. Um, it had been previously announced. There's lots of um, posters and stuff. Literally that morning, even Spencer was on uh, this morning here in the UK and doing live promotion for the documentary. However, it didn't arrive. It looks like there's some issue going on. They did put out a quick statement this morning. Um, just to sort of say we're sorry that the debut date for Finding Michael has shifted on Disney+. Plus. We'll let you know in, as soon as we have new timings for the launch. This will be in the near future. Thank you for the patience. So it's it's definitely, I think, um, it's going to be coming soon. So hopefully it's not too long. But yeah, unfortunately, sometimes this stuff does happen. It is a shame. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Right, now let's jump into um, just looking here at a couple of new additions to Disney Plus this week. Um, a couple of new collections have been added. So first off here in the UK and around the world, we've got a new anime collection. So lots of great stuff in here that we can enjoy. Um, got a whole host of bits and pieces. You've got Bleach. You've got um, Summertime Rendering. You've got Downfall Visions, Tokyo Revengers. Hopefully this one does get rolled out internationally when more stuff gets added. It's nice to see that one. There was also a Her Stories collection added to Disney Plus in the United States. And this one just kind of celebrates International Women's Day with lots of content, loads of films and stuff, all featuring um, women characters and women creators and stuff. So definitely check that one out. Loads of great stuff in there. Miss Marvel, you got Brave, you got Ho-Host. Um, haven't yet released that one globally yet. Um, some, sometimes with these collections, they kind of roll out um, bits and pieces and they don't roll out everywhere, which is a shame but it's always nice just to have these ones um, kick in. And yeah, so there we go. So that is um, some of this week's kind of quick news bites. Now let's bring in James and let's discuss some of the big stuff. Okay, so now we've got James in with us. Let's now talk about some of this week's um, other... There's a lot of trailers this week. It was kind of... Um, I thought it, you know, going to be a little bit lighter, but no, with The Mandalorian, I thought, oh, they're not going to focus on it. But no, the exact opposite. we got loads of trailers. So first off, we've got Peter Pan and Wendy dropping at April the 28th. What did you think of this trailer? Um, not, it was kind of lukewarm, I guess. It, it didn't feel like it was anything particularly different from the animated movie back in the day. There was a little bit at the end, you know, the, the boat was coming out of the water and, you know, more down. That looked kind of cool. But the rest of it was just like, this is a live action remake of the classic Peter Pan. And I'm sure it'll do great at the box office because as much as we can learn about the... Straight to, straight to Disney Plus. Uh, so well, no it would, at all. would have yeah. done fine at the, the box office, but coming straight to Disney Plus, I... I don't know. I, I don't want them to make direct remakes like they did with Lion King or, or things like that. The ones that stand out were more like Aladdin where they did their own thing or uh, the Cinderella one, which was a much, much uh, different yeah. take on it. The, I don't know. The, it, uh, I'm not interested. 
Yeah, I, the, the thing is for me is I've got a couple of ways. First off, the re, when it's almost like a, a, a scene by scene remake, you kind of can't. I I felt like I've, you've always got this constant thing of like you know what's coming, you know mm. what's next, and you know whether it's almost like you're just rewatching a film, but it looks different. It's kind of weird. I've I was not a big fan of the Lion King for that reason. Um, this one for me, Peter Pan is just one of those classics which I remember watching a few times as a kid, maybe, but it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't one I would rent for fifty p. It wasn't one I used to sit down and watch. You know, there was other ones I used to like more than this, and yeah, I don't have that. Like this, Peter Pan is the is like one of my childhood films. I just don't have. It's that kind of thing. Like mm. it's probably been so long since it's probably been. It probably worked out all right because it's been so long since I watched a film that I won't re remember it when I watch the new version. They'll be like, oh, I'll kind of feel a bit more fresher. Because I, I, I mean, it must be 20, 30 years. It's probably that it's, it's that long since I've watched it. Um, and I'm not going to try and watch it now, but it's that kind of thing. Of like, yeah, it might help the fact that I can't really remember too much. So it might make that one a little bit. But it's one of those things of just leave these alone. Just, just, just give them a break or, or only do one a year. You know, or you know, just, just I don't know because we got little, we got uh, Little Mermaid coming out, and a few. It's like I don't know. I I I'm I think I think there is also. I do wonder if there is that boredom factor for some of these ones because it's going to be interesting to see how Little Mermaid does and how well Peter and Pan and when has the shine come off this stuff where people are like, oh, you've done this too much now. It always, yeah, yeah, but but almost every time we say something like that or the media says something like that, the, the movies still end up doing amazing at the box office obviously we can't tell with this one but little mermaid you know we'll we'll see how that goes and yeah as much as people yeah. complain about them including us it you know lion king made a billion dollars at yeah. the box office yeah. and and at the end of the day disney is going to look at that far more than people complaining on twitter or reddit or facebook about it yeah i think i think also pinocchio was so bad it was such a like I suspect a lot of people have already forgotten that Pinocchio came yes. out, even though it had Tom Hanks in it. So. Yes. Um, so that one there, that one's coming out. We've also got Up Here, which is coming out. I'll just check the dates on that one. So this is a brand new um, series coming to Hulu in the US. It's also coming to Disney Plus around the world on March the 24th. It is like a musical, but with like people, like characters from their heads, like standing around. Was not what I was expecting. The trailer actually, it was actually, it was kind of refreshing of watching a trailer going, oh, was not expecting that. I'm going to give this one a, give this one a shot because it's like, this feels a little bit different. feels a little bit um, interesting. So yeah, the trailer did a very good job of turning what I thought was just going to be, you know, a romantic, you know, TV series. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And they went, oh, that looks a little bit more fun. What about you? And this is why trailers are important, is to kind of establish what a movie or a show is about, right? And so most trailers, I think we agree, are, are fairly cut and dry. It, mm. It's an action movie starring Bruce Willis. You know what you're going to get. It's, you know, it's a rom-com starring, I don't even know who the romance leaders are these days anymore. Jennifer <laughs> uh, Anderson, there we go. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what you're going to get. But then, like you said, I went into this, it's kind of like, uh okay might be cute might be might might be well put together and then you get to the trailer and it's like oh that, that's they actually are going about this a slightly different way that that might be very interesting uh it is worth remembering though again as we've talked about in the past that when you're talking about review critics movie critics and television critics 
being different often stands out a lot more than uh, a well put together take on the same formula. So while both of us are kind of like, oh, this is new and refreshing and, you know, uh, it it might not hit the same for someone who no. does not watch three movies and eight shows per week, you know? So <laughs> I, I was, I've got some um, you know, friends and stuff that, you know, critics and stuff and the amount of stuff they watch. It's like, I'm like, I don't know how you got Cause I like, well, just keeping up with the Disney stuff is, is enough kind of thing. But yeah, it is, it is pretty crazy. I, I'm looking forward to this one. This one definitely stood out to me as being interesting. We also got a trailer for the crossover, a brand new series coming out on the 5th of April. Um, this one is they're going to be dropping all at once, which is I'm just like, woo! <laughs> the warning signs are going. Um, it was announced as being going on the Disney Channel, and then that's like the press release that's just come out has dropped all reference to the Disney Channel. So I don't know what's going on with this. Um, uh, yeah, again, this is just it's like it's like I'm like, oh, basketball. Um, um, and like, yeah, we're like next week we're getting um Chan Can Dunk, and it's like I do I don't really I'm I'm I struggle with basketball stuff as it is, let alone a series and a film within three weeks of each other. Um, the crossover, I I've just got like no no interest in this at all. Um, what about you? Um, it I don't know, feels kind of generic, honestly. But um, as we've seen in the past, and I will continually say. The the sports movies in particular, it's not about the sport itself yeah. in many cases. It's the story that you tell around it. Like because uh, neither of us are basketball fans, but we both thought Big Shot was mm. a really yeah. good show. And then the Rise, Rise, which I was just about to to mention, that was actually really good because it's a story about you know family immigration blending into a new culture, things mm. like that. So we'll wait to see what this is. But the trailer didn't really indicate that this is anything other than we're really good at basketball or we really enjoy basketball and they weren't really good at basketball that uh that we th there's no hook in it is what it yeah. seems like from the trailer like the opposite of what we were just talking about with the previous show where the trailer is like oh this draw my attention in this tells me what separates us from everything else this one's like no it's a basketball show enjoy yeah, it and again these have a tendency not they're not very good probably international drivers as well because um there's quite limited on one hand, it's like these kind of shows allow them to do something a little bit longer than a film. But I, I, I just Disney, please just try and do some different sports. Um, kind of running the basketball. <laughs> it's, it's like try try something else. I don't know. Try some tiddlywink or something like that. Something a little bit more. Um, because you can swap out the sports often for, but it's just it gets a little bit like instead of if you're not a, just move it around a little bit. <laughs> it's just because I mean, there's a lot of them. They do have a pretty good variety of, of sports, but it does seem, uh, at least from a perhaps European perspective, a lot of the sports are American centric, things that yeah. are much more popular over here than they are in Europe. But we we do have things coming over. Granted, it wasn't on Disney Plus here, but we had Welcome to Wrexham and mm. uh, Beckham's whatever. Yeah, that, that was it, the, the far yeah. the far inferior Welcome to Wrexham. Um, there was that soccer show about yeah, the, uh, the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that that's the yeah, idea. Yeah, four, 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 so there was also that um, there was a, a, a female rugby uh, right. Aussie rules um, document. So they have been doing stuff. It's just I and, feel like the drama side of things, they just seem to be just so focused on basketball. Which yeah, it'd be just it, nice to do something else. 
it certainly feels like there's been a lot of basketball properties lately. Um, I, I would suggest, though, that there is a bit more of an international appeal to them that might first appeal appear, but we're talking more about like uh, the Southeast Asian countries yeah. because basketball is actually seems to be getting very popular in places like mm-hmm. China and Japan and South Korea. So they might be trying to tap into that kind of market too. But again, going back to what you said at the beginning of this particular one, it all dropping at once, them maybe taking it off the Disney channel does indicate that there's like a lack of support behind Mm. this and maybe it's not doing well with test screeners. So that I think speaks more than anything else that we've talked about so far. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting because yeah, there's just just, just a lot of stuff going on at at Disney right now. Um, So we had that one. We also had um, the haunted mansion, which is coming out the end of July in cinemas. Um, So again, this is like that, the trailer, this is the what I loved about that trailer for the Haunted Mansion was it took the aspects of the theme park ride that you loved and just went in deep on it. Um, it looks creepy, it looks scary, it looks you know, it but it's got humor in it. I love the Haunted Mansion, and as you can see here, I've got the Haunted Mansion Lego set, I've got a little Haunted Mansion thing over here. I've got um, a piece of I love the Haunted Mansion, so I'm in that zone of absolutely love it. The trailer. I'm in. I'll go. I'm going to go see this one. Um, it just and also that I like. You know, you've got Owen Wilson in there, so a little bit of humor and stuff. It it just like this is just a fun Disney live action, and also in some ways they can. They are it's something a, bit, a little bit original because while they have had that haunted mansion movie with Eddie Murphy, it's been a long time since that one came out, and that one wasn't really that good. I'm, I'm hoping with this one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This one should be a lot of fun. And we also had the Muppets Haunted Mansion yeah. last year, two years ago. I can't remember offhand. but So they've been doing things with it. Yeah. I was a little bit more lukewarm on this trailer. Uh, I couldn't really tell what tone they were going for because you've got the little bits of humor uh, cut through it. You mentioned um, Owen Wilson, also Danny mm-hmm. DeVito uh, in there. Yeah. Obviously two very funny people uh, when they want to be. And then the kind of slasher elements with, uh, you know, her wielding the axe, which, Mm. of course, is reference back to the ride and and so on. Uh, So I'm not really sure. Are they going for horror? Are they going for comedy horror? Family horror. Yeah, family horror makes the most sense, obviously. It's still, at the end of the day, a Disney movie. We're not going to go in there and see... Uh, Scream or The Exorcist (laughs) or something like that, right? This is not going to be... Uh, for adults anyway, probably not keep you up at night horror. Yeah. So it'll be a very tough balance for them to get where it's scary for kids, but without like, you know, them not being able to sleep for two weeks straight, which means for adults, it's probably not going to scratch yeah. the horror itches. That said, it does look much better than the the previous movie. And like you, I, I love the Haunted Mansion. I make a point of going on it anytime I'm at the parks, uh, regardless of which park I'm at, because it's pretty much everywhere. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not quite as like, ooh, this, this, they, yeah, they've got it the way they had like Pirates of the Caribbean and things yeah. like that. I'm, I'm also looking forward to watching a watching a Disney movie which uh, is not like a, I was, it's, it's, it's not a franchise, it's not, um, it's, it's something a little bit different. I know they, like I said, we, they've done it before, but they, it, it's kind of it feels a little bit fresher because they've not done anything like this one um, for a while, and it's it's a bit it's a bit different. So I'm definitely looking forward to that one. 
Um, it was also announced yesterday uh, we're going to be getting a new Miley Cyrus Endless Summer Vacation, the Backyard Sessions. This is going to be coming to Disney+. Plus. It's going to be live. Or it's going to be live. I don't think it's going to be live, but it's going up at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. UK Time on Friday the 10th of March. Um, and she's going to be singing a number of her songs from the, from the series including Flowers and seven other additional tracks um, because the album is coming out around the same time. And it is kind of, um, there's also like exclusive interviews. Um, Yes, they kind of were teasing it earlier in the week, but it's glad now that they've kind of officially brought it out there. Um, That Flowers song, I'll be honest, I like it, but I've got to the point where every time I hear it, it gets stuck in my head for a bit a week, and now I don't like it because it keeps getting stuck in my head, because I keep singing it. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of one of the, you know, one of those things, one of those earworms where you're like, get out. I don't want to sing. <laughs> it's going around right. and around. <laughs> I don't even know if I've heard the song or not. I probably have at some point. I I yeah. I don't know what the song is. And yeah. it's, it's definitely, this is going to be, this one's going to be, I think I'm going to bring in a lot of people in. Um, it's you know she's one going to be one of the top artists of this month. I think it's going to have a much broader appeal than maybe the YouTube documentary, which is dropping a week later. Mm-hmm. Um, but really showing, you know, Disney are kind of leaning in a lot more on these um, specials with the music specials, and I think this is a good way of doing it. I think you know, new artist brings out new song or new album because YouTube got one out as well. I think it's the greatest hits album. You know, do a little performance thing it just it just makes sense it just it just makes sense on so many levels um no i I, i'm looking forward to watching it it should be a little bit different i i have no idea if i'm gonna watch it or not to be honest we'll (laughs) see uh the youtube one the youtube one sounds more my speed because i i like their older stuff their new their newer albums really haven't clicked with me but the older stuff really did um but this kind of approach you're talking about does work well because uh if you're not into Miley Cyrus, you're probably not even going to notice it comes out and it's mm. it's not going to really be in the way, but you're a U2 fan, you're going to check out the U2 one, or you're a Beatles fan, you're going to watch all the Beatles documentaries and so on. Uh, I doubt these really get picked up by people who don't like the band or the singer yeah. to begin with, but it doesn't matter. You, no. Most of them already have lots of, of fans, so uh, it makes for a good like Saturday Night Watch. What do we want to watch? Ooh, we both like this band. Let's watch this together. I also find as well that good, for, especially if there's a musical performances where it's something like you can rewatch. Well, then I'll watch like the Taylor Swift one quite a few times, over, and also the Olivia Rodrigo, because um, you can you basically just listen to the tracks. But it, it, it's cool. I, I like these kind of things. Hopefully, they do more of them. I think you know they seem to be signing up. Although I think I ended up watching that Elton John one like I think about it on like three or four times because that was that because that was a concert. That was that, that was, was a very good one. That um, was really good. It really well done, and I. They're expensive to make, especially for the really big acts, but they're not as expensive to make as scripted content. Yeah. So I, I expect they will continue doing this. Uh, it's relatively easy content for them to get up onto their streaming services. Yeah. Especially if she's just singing in the back garden. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So before we get into the Mandalorian stuff, um, uh, also this past week, we got the first episode of Marvel Voices Raising, a behind the scenes documentary on the music from the Black Pat for Wakanda Forever. Three episodes are shifting out on Tuesdays. We have the first episode this week. Two more episodes to come. Did you watch this one? Oh, hello. Uh, my, my cat <laughs> apparently wanted to watch that one. Do you um, want Black I, Panther? <laughs> I, 
I did. I don't think I'll watch the other two, which isn't really a knock on the series itself. It's really well put together, but I didn't find the content of it all that interesting. It felt a bit long winded. It was. Yeah. Um, it was very interesting in the fact of like the fact that um, I can't think of that Ludwig um, went out to Lagos and. Did a lot of the music there, lots of different performances. And I like the music. I do like, I, you know, I like you know, the drums and everything. It's like, it's like this is a real in-depth documentary. But it's that thing of like, could this have not been trimmed down to five, ten minutes for for the um, sort of the assembled it, episode? It really did feel very feel very padded there, yeah. and that's. Uh, I think that was the main thing. It's like, why is this three episodes? You could have done this one very long episode or two shorter episodes. And there were definitely parts of it where I was just on my phone because they kept going on and on and on. And it didn't feel like they had enough content for how long it was. Yeah. I I think, I wonder if like, I think one of the episodes might be maybe about like Rihanna's song and some other. So mm. I, I, I wanted to get, this is going to be something I put on in the background when I work. It's, it's not like, so like you sit there and you have to watch, but um, I like the fact of them spreading out a little bit more. I think they need to go back to that rather than doing the binge drops on these documentaries, spread them out a little bit rather than, I think they should be doing this on all their shows, to be honest. It's just like using, using the weekly release, use different days, put them out on different days. So, so it allows it a little bit more room. So like, especially like with this show of, you put it out on a Tuesday, it can kind of have a little bit more space on like Marvel social media. It's not going to jump up a lot of excitement. But if it was buried under the Mandalorian, you're just not going to even notice this one's gone on there. Um, like I said, it was okay. I I was kind of a, a little bit long-winded. Like you said, they could have put it together and had one long documentary. But it, yeah, it's fine. It, 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 it is what it is. So uh, I'll be checking it out over the next two weeks. But um, yeah, we, we won't mention it next week. Um, right, let's now talk about Mandalorian. So before we get into the host thing about the episode, look, we'll, do, we'll do some other bits and pieces first. So, um, obviously, it launched on Wednesday, the first episode of the third season. There has been a lot of publicity about it. You know, at the theme parks, they've been bringing Mando to uh, to Disneyland Paris. We've also been having um, a whole host of different stuff as well with at Walt Disney World at Hollywood Studios at the Galaxy's Edge. The character is now available, and it's at Disneyland Paris. I don't know. Yeah, because like, Galaxy's Edge has still been going around because we saw him at last year's D23. So they've been doing that. Uh, Pedro Pascal and John Favreau have been going around the world doing little mini events, little, like there was a Forge pop-up event in London. Uh, there was a little Q&A. And they've been doing a few, only a few major promotion stuff. They've not been talking to like everyone, just, just a few of the big ones. There's been advertising. I mean, I know I've seen adverts on TV here. But there just generally seems to be a, a, a consensus of like people going, oh, there's, they're not advertising it as much. They're not spending as much as money. What Have you noticed what's it been like over in your neighborhood? I'm not the person to ask because I don't watch yeah. linear TV pretty much at all. <laughs> I have ad blockers on my browsers. <laughs> I, I have, uh, thanks to my sister, at least I have YouTube. Uh, premium or whatever it's called. Well, so I have it... just, I have just upgraded to that this week because I was like, I know what, I'm getting so fed up with this same advert, and mm -hmm. it's it's so, like it's like why didn't I do this? <laughs> yeah, so so I don't get ads. The only place I get ads is on Twitch, and I really yeah. don't watch that many streams. I've got a couple of friends who are watching. That's about it. I have no idea if this is being advertised or not. No, no, no. idea at all. <laughs> See, I always go with the idea of like if they start appearing on like chat shows. 
to like if they're on like Graham Norton, I think they're on this, uh, they're on because they're popping over here in the UK. The other one, and this is my big one. If I see um, a bus, if I see a bus or um, signs on the side of the bus stops, that for me is when Disney like has gone into that zone of full advertising because they don't do that for everything. They only do that for the top titles. I've not seen one yet, but I just there. But there's also been a lot of talk that Bob Iger has said that they're going to be cutting back on advertising. They are going to be cutting back on how much they're spending. And one of the things I really wanted to bring up was when you think of back to the, the launch of Disney Plus in 2019, the first episode of The Mandalorian, they were spending a fortune because they were advertising Disney Plus, the launch of Disney Plus. It was the, the start of it. The second season was, we've not had anything for a year. <laughs> Here we go. Um, you know, we're going to spend a fortune. So this going into this third year, it's like they don't need to spend as much as they've done in the last. And I think that's a little bit like people, oh, they're not, people aren't talking about it the same and all the rest of it. I'm like, well, I don't think people are because obviously we're, it's, it's not as new as it was. And this goes back to the problems that we saw with Netflix and that have kind of come to a head in the last year or so. A new series, so like Book of Boba Fett or Ahsoka or something like that, generates a lot more buzz than a returning series, even one that is very uh, well-received, even including things like Game of Thrones or uh, Mandalorian, any of these. So what ends up happening is, of course, they put their weight behind the the next big show the one that they want people yeah. to know about whereas this is more of a you know at this point you know if you like the mandalorian or not it, mm. you you can start at season one and you go eh, this isn't for me you're going to stop right there or you've been watching it from the beginning you're like season three i am ready to go uh and there's not much in between yes there will always be a couple people who will trickle in here and there especially at the start of the season but the big boosts aren't there anymore and one of the weird contradictions about advertising dollars is the more you put behind something that's already got buzz, the more the advertising dollars go. If you put a million dollars of advertising behind Big Shot and a million dollars of advertising behind Mandalorian, the Mandalorian dollars will go further. So they don't have to put as much into the Mandalorian now than they do into whatever their next big show will be. Yeah. And I also feel like, you know, sometimes shows just gravitate to an audience. You know, this is uh, The Last of Us right now. It's kind of got that like butt burst. People are talking about it all the time. You know, we had it with Game of Thrones, uh, House of Dragon kind of had it kind of grabbed all the attention. And we, we it's like we're only on episode one of The Mandalorian so far. So it's still got time to grow. Um, it's been kind of funny because, again, this it brings out the same arguments that have been brought out in on numerous years about the thing of, you know, usually Americans will start going, well, why don't they launch it at like eight o'clock at night, like our time? And we can, you know, when the internet will be a buzz because no one's talking about it. It's like, well, the reason is HBO has to do that because it's a linear channel and it's going out at a linear time and it becomes, a, and that's why it's coming in. The Mandalorian is a global show. It's available internationally, but also probably, Disney Plus probably can't handle the whole of the US tuning in at a certain time to watch it. Because um, the thing is, you know, you know, Disney Plus, what, 160 plus million subscribers globally, 40 million of them are in the, 45, I think maybe 50 million are in the US. 
50 million are like international and then the other 50 are in India. And they're all on different servers and stuff. But this is why Netflix and Amazon and Apple, most of them launch in the middle of the night because it's the technical issues of having millions of people coming in at once trying will cause massive problems for the streaming. It's not like linear television where you can have everybody tune in at once and it doesn't matter. On a streaming platform, they just can't physically, you know, the the servers just will not be able to handle it the same way. And there's also the fact of, like we've talked about in the past, the United States covers four uh, time zones, assuming we're excluding Hawaii, because that's that's mm -hmm. way out there on, on the time zone scale. Um, you launch it at what time that makes everybody happy, uh, East Coast to mm -hmm. West Coast. It... If you launch it at midnight on the East Coast, then they're kind of be like, "Well, I'm I'm already in bed." But the people in the Pacific time zone are like, "Well, it's only nine o'clock our time. We still yeah. got plenty of time." Uh, so, but if you release it at nine o'clock on the East Coast, now it's only five o'clock on the West Coast, and they're that like, works. "Well, my yeah. day, my day's still going on. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing at five o'clock to to watch this." So what? what is the happy medium well nobody gets to watch it until the morning and then it also of course slowly rolls out becomes 7 a.m or 8 a.m on the east coast maybe some people watch it then and then central mountain etc kind of as you said keeps the burden off and it's a problem that there is no good answer for honestly because no. even then you can go well we'll launch it at eight o'clock local time whatever your your local time eight o'clock yeah. is well, then you're on Twitter on the West Coast and you're sitting there and, and people are going, oh, my God, did you see that giant crocodile thing at the beginning of man? And they're like, I, I don't get it for another three hours. Yeah. You know, it, so. um, um, I know I think it was on sometimes on Star Wars Day, Disney Plus would be like launching all the stuff at midnight wherever they were. Mm -hmm. So like Disney Plus Day, not all of the but some of the films would become available like sometimes like 12 to 15 hours earlier in like New Zealand in Australia. And I, I would have friends in like the Netherlands telling me, go, Oh, it's up. It's like, no, it's, it's only like 10, 11 o'clock here. It's not up yet. And you know, there was that kind of, there is a, ultimately you are never going to please everybody. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, he's like, yeah, you focus like, you know, people go, well, they need to focus on America because it's an American show and an American platform. It's like, yeah, but it's, there's a logistics problem here. And it's why the streaming services can't do it's not the same as linear. HBO Max can do it because most of the people are watching on linear. And also it's not a global platform. It's only, you know, so and it's just a different, it's a very different thing. And, and I know like I think um HBO Max was having problems when Game of Thrones episodes were dropping. And it's a very tricky situation because it's the thing is if you could put a hundred people on the internet in a room together and none of them will agree on what time it should go up because everyone will have a different opinion you know like well i go to school at this time so i'd like it to be at this time and someone goes mm -hmm. I'm, I'm at work i work nights i can't you're never going to please everyone you can't keep the internet on track you know there's never a good time um yeah i'll be on eight o'clock in the morning is not a great time for you for the uk um yeah it, it's like for me i could easily say well actually if it was a little you know if it was six or eight hours later that would probably be okay but then it's at morning in America time again, and then that will be like, oh, it's there is literally on the line. I suspect a lot of it is they've because Disney shop Disney and Disney store update generally around the same time. Disney's been doing these like three o'clock, three a.m. drops. I will be honest, 
the other morning i was uh trying to book some um some bookings for um excursions for a disney cruise midnight eastern time so i was up at five o'clock in the morning to make sure i got my bookings on on disney's website um yeah, it's because, you know, they do it all at night when they're served. And even then the website was struggling at midnight. You know, it's again, they did, I think they often pick these times when, you know, essentially they look at the graph and go, right, when are the least amount of people using the servers? And that's when we go. Um, and it's, it's, it's a technical issue. Um, and this and, you know, all of all of this kind of have to do with these kind of things. Yeah. And there's no way around it, unfortunately. No. Uh, we can cry into the void as much as we want but ultimately this is what disney decided to go ahead and do it's what we have to just kind of build around and it's not even like the least bad option it's just it's what they picked the, that's yeah. that's the end of the story when it's gonna to be it. interesting it's, 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 it's we interested to see like what happens like with this miley cyrus um thing of like will the servers be able to cope with it you know that'll be a, maybe a bit of a test to see how that works. I know, for example, um, today it is Saturday, which means um, a new episode of Tokyo Revengers goes up, but it's sort of like a random time based on Jap. It, it goes out at Japan on a Japanese mm -hmm. television time zone, and then it goes up when it's available in Japan, like an hour later. You know, so we're basically um, being controlled by the Japanese television network that's broadcasting it. You know, and this is the kind of you know we're no matter which way, there's always little issues. And like I say, you're never going to please everyone. Um, and it is tricky. I mean, there was a I think like with the Elton John live, you know, the, all the advertising was on a date. Well, of course, you're going, yeah, but in Australia, it's the day after <laughs> because the time it's it just make it the world makes it a lot more tricky than it used to be. Let's just ditch time zones. Everyone's <laughs> uses UTC, and you, you do the mental calculations every time you see the clock. What what that is? Well, no, the, the simple system is you just use GMT, which is the center of you know the, the time U zone. UTC, That's my times, yeah, my time UTC zone. and GMT are the same thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. just CMT? What's that one? Uh, CMT is That's Central in, Time, like, isn't it? Uh, CMT? No, that's like in India or something like yeah. that. Um, no, no, UTC oh, and yes. G GMT are the yeah. same thing. Yes. Or Zulu, so Zulu just, time if you want to be military. Yeah, so we just go on just go on British time. That's that's the perfect way of looking at it. So let's now um so the thing is now like with the Mandalorian, obviously it is it is the big one. So we're gonna get into the episode. It's been out a couple of days, so we can, we're gonna go into spoilers. It, well but what did you think of the episode first off? Yeah, before we go to spoilers, just quick if you haven't seen it yet. Um it it had some very good bits and it had some like why are you spending so much time on this bits? Uh, so that's that's the quick one. Overall, enjoyed it, but there are definitely some things that have me a little bit worried. Um, we'll go into that in the spoiler section. Um, yeah. That that's what I'm at right now. Do you know it was one of those things? It was like Wednesday. Put it on. You know, watched it like after did all the updates. Just smiling, just that kind of feeling of just like ah, it's like that. That feeling of like, oh, I haven't had this feeling on a on a Disney Plus like release for a new episode for so long. It's like I didn't have this feeling with Andor. I didn't have it, and I didn't have it for She Hulk. I think the last time I had it was I think for Moonlight, and it was just like it was fun. It was light hearted. Um, I just really enjoyed this episode. It was just fun. Yes, there was problems with it and all the rest of it, but I think it was just that thing of like. Oh, this is just fun, easygoing Star Wars. Back to basics, back to simplicity. 
Grogu's cute. Mando, you know, and it, I there was a kind of thing I was just like, ah, this is nice and, and I was just in, I just enjoyed it. It was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's comfy TV. Yeah. Um, and there is a lot to like about it. I, I liked more than I didn't like. Well, didn't like is too strong a word because it's not like I'm sitting here going, man, why did you waste your time on this? But it's more like, um, yeah, I'm not sure about this direction yet. So with that transition to spoilers now, um, for me, the two bits that I was kind of like, I'm not sure about this. One, the opening sequence was going great with them doing the whole Mandalorian uh, ceremony for the the foundlings and the younglings. And it's like, this is really cool. We get some, some fun, like tradition going on. And then giant alligator attack. I'm like, what? Uh, I, it felt, I, I get it. They wanted to start with like an action sequence to, yeah. you know, to pull you into it. It's like, what is going on here? I, this is not the crate dragon from season two. This is not like the creature under the water from the beginning of season one. This is just completely random and arbitrary. And why is this happening? Yeah. See, I, I love that because I mean, I I I think because I like watching crocodile stuff. Um, I like that whole aspect. There was a kind of things like, why are you trying to rope it? It's too big to rope the way you're doing it. Um, you maybe you need to rope, you know, do the. And then I love the fact that they then did a a, a crocodile roll and mm. like. They, uh, but then they call them running in and picking them up and then dragging them off. It was like, yeah, okay. I loved it. I thought it was, I think, uh, the thing is, I wasn't sure at the beginning. Like, is this Bo Katan? Is this Mando? And then, or was it a flashback? And then suddenly, then, oh no. And then obviously, Mando flies in. And like, right. oh, I, I, I didn't like that aspect. I did. I agree. I like that aspect too. And at, at first, before Mando shows up, I was kind of like, is this Mando's origin? Not, not the first origin. Yeah. We got that in season one, but like the, this is him becoming a Mandalorian. This is the, you know, don't take your helmet off thing, which they obviously emphasized. Um, but no, it, it said in the quote unquote now of the series and Mando shows up in the uh, Naboo N1 Starfighter and saves the day and yay. But it, it was what you were talking about where it's like, why are you trying to use grapple hooks on it? Why are you trying to like punch its legs or do you guys, this, this can't be the first time you've dealt with this threat, I guess. Why, why are you doing it this way? The entire sequence felt a little bit awkward. It's a big spectacle scene. It's setting I the tone. <laughs> I I was waiting for it to end. Honestly, I was just like, this keeps going and going. I'm ready for this to end. No. See, I, 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 you know, it's that kind of thing. You're like big, big monsters fighting. I, I'd like that kind of thing. Well, no, no. Like, if it was if it was two big monsters fighting <laughs> each other, like so, like Godzilla, King of the Monsters, or something, like, I'd be like, yeah, let's keep going. You're gonna have 45 minutes of this. I, um, it's just. Yeah. I was like, I'm here for, you know, Mando, a little bit for Baby Yoda. I want to see some Imperials fighting. Giant Crocodile is not on my bingo card here. Yeah, I, I, one of the things I did like was the kind of the introduction, the, the use of the space pirates. Now, I did because like the space pirates. I, I mean, other than looking like Davy Jones um, from Pirates of the Caribbean, um, I wasn't too sure the green pirate. Um, that the main, the, the the lead one, the, yeah. the one that it's that kind of thing of like, yeah, I think like exploring other enemies and pirates and stuff is like, yeah, okay, let's kind of see where this goes. Of like now, because they have used them in other other shows, were they in Rebels? Or I'm I think not they, sure, I think they've all, I think they've all the um, those like the, the Pike Syndicate and stuff, we've seen like them, right. but not the pirates the same way. 
Right. I don't know if we've seen these particular pirates. I'm actually glad that it didn't turn out to be like um, Onaka or, or, you know, the the one who's over at the Millennium Falcon right now. Yeah. Um, And whether or not they're new, it was still, it's characters that are not overly familiar, regardless of whether we know Mm -hmm. them or not. So I I do appreciate that. And it was a nice step back, you know, because season two ends with this giant fight and Luke Skywalker shows up and, you know, Boba Fett had cameos left, right and center and, it was nice to just be like, yeah, we got some bad guys, and these bad guys are specific to this story. You don't have to worry about it too much. Um, and obviously, we will continue to see uh, them throughout this series. I'm sure they're going to be a running it was, subplot. It's like the Book of Boba Fett, wasn't it? They had, we had lots of... They we were had the in, pi- yeah, we had the Pikes yeah, the pi- with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those two uh, huts who didn't do anything... Yeah. For most of the series, well, that would that describe most of the and characters. And series, like Hondo's obviously a pirate as well. That's who, yeah. Sorry, Hondo's who I was thinking of. He's over at the Millennium Falcon right yeah. now. Um, you know, things like that. I'm, I'm glad it was not. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him by the end of the series, especially since he is a character who, even if you haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels, you'll be familiar with if you've been on the Millennium Falcon ride in yeah. either of exactly. the uh, locations it's at. Uh, and of course, he's thematically connected with the whole piracy thing. But that whole sequence, I really enjoyed the the gunslinger bit in the town, and we got to see uh, the marshal or the yeah. the mayor do his thing and be like, "Yeah, no, he actually is a legitimate, you know, gunslinger." The only other time we've seen him fight was like season one. I don't think mm-hmm. he did any fighting in season two, and and then the starfighter sequence. I've been on record multiple times. I love the starfighter stuff in general. It's my favorite part of Star Wars. I grew up playing X-Wing and, yeah. and X-Wing and Rogue Squadron and all these things. So that sequence with them fighting in the asteroid field, I was just, that well, that was my moment that you yeah. were talking about like I'm just yes. Yeah, I I that again, that was that scene of like we're back to Star Wars. Mm-hmm. We're back to the classic like that is the thing that you think of like say of Star Wars bad that Andor didn't have Obi-Wan Kenobi didn't really have either. Um, so it was really, it was just, yeah, like you say, it just took you straight back in there. And the, the fact of, yeah, I, it was, it was a fun episode. I, I have the whole issue of him, of them re- reactivating IG-88 was a little bit like, well, you could see where that was going a mile off. But well, um, it, it, that happened even before the episode started. You, you know, yeah. what previously on Mandalorian and there's IG-11 blowing himself. I'm like, oh no. No, don't bring him back. Uh, and and we'll wait to see how they do it. But honestly, that is my number one issue with is like IG-11. I enjoyed him in season one. He had a uh, an interesting personality without being annoying like a lot of droids are. He does not need to be brought back. And and I think it, it bringing it back actually kind of undercuts season one a little bit as well. Because, you know, part of the point was this is his sacrifice and... Uh, he's fulfilling his directive, and he did what he did, and Grogu, Baby Yoda, is safe. Also, the thermal detonator was in his chest. Why is the chest the part that survived? Okay? That 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 was the thing that was really irking me throughout yeah. that. It's like, you should literally be little tiny pieces of shrapnel. Yeah, it was a bit odd. It was definitely a bit odd. It was that thing. I did like the fact that they brought the little guys from uh, the, the new trilogy. New trilogy. Those, I, I thought that was quite... I like I what I'm liking with these shows though is that they are, and I think this is the good thing that um Filoni does is he blends together the, the trilogies much better. He uses stuff from the past and uses stuff in the future and blends in so like 
you're seeing much more and it was a problem that we've had since the, the phantom menace came out was the fact of it was so different from star wars the classic trilogy and it's just we just it seems to just spent the whole time just flipping over because i feel like when we went into the new trilogy they were very much aware of yeah we're just gonna repaint next x you know we just repaint everything to make it look a little bit different but not go drastically as big well, a difference as they did Yes and no. I mean, one of the common refrains, of course, is Force Awakens was basically just a new hope yeah. with a new skin, right? I I don't actually 100% subscribe to it. I think it's got a lot of elements from it, but um, I, I do see it as distinct films. But I know I know for a lot of people, it's just a new hope with Rey instead of Luke. Yeah. Last Jedi, on the other hand, love it or hate it, is a very different Star Wars film. It it is not The Empire Strikes Back with a new coat of paint. It is its own film all mm. the way through. Granted, I still hate it, but I do acknowledge that you know at least it tried something different, and it it was definitely an attempt to expand the Star Wars universe rather than just tell the same story over and over again. Mm. Um, hate is too strong a word. I'm actually pretty lukewarm on it, but it seems to be a movie you either love it or you hate it, and if yeah, yeah, I think I've watched it so many. I it was just like, I think. I mean, I think I even went to see it as a kid. Um, it was one of those things of that it's... movie was probably the one I watched so much because it was. I think as a as a kid, it was much more appealing than the New Hope. It was. Yeah, we're, we're talking just to be yeah. clear. We're talking about Empire Strikes Back here because uh, I was talking about Last Jedi. All uh, right, just just making sure All people right. are like Roger. How old are you that you saw Last Jedi as a kid? Yes, I know. Yeah, Empire I, Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just I think it's just I think it was interesting a way of how they've done it all of with Mando. It it feels a little bit more back to basics. Um, I know some fans are have been a bit like well, Andor's a lot better than this, and Andor was better, and it's, it should be more like that. It's like Andor has lots of good things about it. It's not. It is. I I, I think it's fantastic, but it's not. Main, it was not Star Warsy in like the series, what in like the movies were in the same way of that general. I think Mandalorian is so much more for a general audience, and/or didn't pull in the viewers. It didn't pull in people's attentions the same way because it was more grounded. And that I would like them to have a a bit more of a mix. It'd be nice to kind of get Mandalorian, but with a little bit more grit for Mandalor would be or realism would be nice. But ultimately, we're talking about a movie. Sorry, a series where we have space bounty hunters with um, special light ones and you know Jedi little green things jumping around. You're at, I, I get to a certain point sometimes where it's like, why are we trying to apply like all these like serious stuff, all these serious toads, trying to make it more? Gr We're talking about well, spaceships and like space wizards, basically. <laughs> but that that's part of what makes Star Wars work is you is that the universe has been expanded upon so much over the years that you can really stick whatever kind of story you want in there and it still works. If you did Mandalorian in the style of Andor now, like, you know, you've already got two seasons, season three, season four is done in the style of Andor, yeah. let's just say. It would be a jarring shift yeah. in the way that the story goes. It's not the right way to tell the Mandalorian story. And the same for Andor. If Andor was done with the style, or Andor season two is done with the style of Mandalorian, be like, what about season one? That this was a very different style, and then you've got Bad Batch over here doing its own thing, and uh, the upcoming High Republic show, which looks a lot kiddier, and things like that. 
but you can do this. And even in the old expanded universe, they had straight up horror mm. things. There was a, they, I think there were books, but still, you know, you had horrors things in there you had action adventure you've got romance stories you can do whatever you want in the star wars universe and trying to make everything into the same tone just would be boring yeah yeah no, it's 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 a kind of weird thing if like i think for me i just i'm just like <sighs> mando weekly this next two months perfect i'm like i'm getting in you know like i think there's that figure like oh we're gonna be like like we got, I got Star Wars celebration coming up in a few weeks' time. Um, we got the series coming on. We got other shows coming. It's just like, it's just fun. It's just, and it's, it's been, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's just fun. And I think that's the key thing with Mandalorian. Don't overthink it. Don't overdo it. It's just, it is, it is just a fun, easygoing, mainstream Star Wars show. And yeah, love it. And, um, yeah, and they set up a number of storylines going mm -hmm. forward in this that seem like they're going to be very interesting for season three, potentially beyond. Uh, we mentioned the pirates, obviously, the main story with him trying to get to Mandalore, him uh, first trying to rebuild IG 11. I, as I said, I'm not really sure I like that plot point, but we're doing it, so might as well ride the ride and, yeah. and see where they go. And obviously, we've had things in the past where, like, I don't need this. But they end up telling good stories out of it anyway, so we'll go with it. I would have preferred if they'd use a different droid, but all right, IG Eleven is going to be. Yeah, and well, I'm hoping that they don't kind of go down the same path of like every episode is. We need to put together the team for the big finale of of like. Well, we <laughs> that that is basically a Mandalorian yeah. thing at this point. We know that episode six or seven is going to be. All right, IG Eleven. <laughs> I, uh, IG Eleven. I built you. I need you to. To come and help me with this. Oh, Marshall, I need you to come and help me with this. Bo-Katan, uh, well, you're just sitting on your throne doing absolutely nothing. You want to come out and help, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Except for Cara Dune. She's off, off we, in space. Uh, <laughs> at least they mentioned her. So it wasn't just like, well, you remember the end of season two? There was Cara Dune standing there. And um, yeah, just forget about her. They, they did at least mention like why she's not going to be there. So there's that. But... Uh, no, but by Cara. Uh, yeah, yeah. They that, that was she's gone. But yeah, so there we go. So that is um this week's episode of the What's on Disney Plus podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the first episode of The Mandalorian. Love to hear what you guys think of it. Remember to go check us out over at What's on at Disney Plus Like, follow, and subscribe. And we shall see you guys soon. Later. So I just want to give a big shout out to all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members. So a big thank you and hello to um, Dana. We've got Jonathan, DJ Frost, Top, Ben, and Tim. we got Chuck, David, Manmoud, Raphael, Adam, Ricky, My VCR Still Works, Bina, Joshua, and Martin. And also a big thank you to uh, Babak. We've got Paul, Daniel, Aero G, Caleb, Red Marsman, Cody, Jacob, Darren, The Juice. We've got Sarah. We've got Giuseppe and Lauren. Thank you, and Andrew. So thank you so much for your support. Really helps keep the channel and keep the podcast and everything going. Um, which means then that the podcast isn't reliant then on advertising. But thank you so much for your continued support. And we shall see you guys soon. Laters.